All right, so today we are going to be exploring uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 32. Uh, sorry, I have a five-year-old at home who was knocking down the door trying to get in here with me. Um, so we're going to explore this text today where Jesus heals the sick. Um, and we are having all kinds of technical difficulties today. So uh, I'm going to read the text to you and hopefully Corey uh, from Midland Faith there in Michigan will rejoin the feed. Jesus and his followers, or actually, let's see, verse 29. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed, sick with a fever. And they told Jesus about her at once. And he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. And the fever left her and served them. That evening at sunset, people brought, brought to Jesus those who were sick are demon-possessed. And the whole town gathered near the door, and he healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons, but he didn't let demons speak because they recognized him. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a, de a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. And when they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. And he replied, let's head in the other direction to nearby villages so that I can preach there too. That's why I've come. And he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. So here we are. Uh, my Sunday sermon this past week um, was the spirit scream. And the whole point of my sermon was three ways in which we can make Satan and demonic forces leave our presence and how we can make them scream. Uh, the first one was by teaching. Uh, we have a responsibility as the church to teach the gospel, uh, to teach the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, the spirit, in fact, screams because we're preaching truth. And in a modern world that we live in today, the tr truth is uh, silenced. Truth is not out in public. And in fact, all truth um, is everyone's truth. So if I believe X, Y, Z, that makes it true. Well, that's not what the scripture says. Because ultimately, all truth is God's truth. Uh, God is the source of, of wisdom, uh, is the source of our knowledge, is the source of everything in life. Uh, so we need to, to pay attention that our truth comes from Scripture, especially as believers, because we're proclaiming that to the world, that we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, second was um, that we do so by rebuking, that Jesus throughout the Scripture, as we see in the verses before that, that we discussed last week, when he saw evil, he rebuked it. He called it out. Uh, and in fact, we talked about how Peter, uh, his beloved disciple and friend, uh, when Satan was using him, what did he tell Peter? Get behind me, Satan. He didn't speak any differently to Peter, his best friend, than he did from the demon-possessed man in the synagogue. 
they were all treated the same because God was speaking, Jesus was speaking to the demonic forces at work in the world. And so when we see evil, we are to rebuke it. And lastly, uh, the scripture this past week talked about the different type of authority that Jesus had. That in fact, Jesus had a different type of authority. And that authority comes from that intimate relationship with God the Father. Uh, God the Father uh, has, Jesus and God the Father has this intimate relationship that they know each other, that they uh, know each other well. And so when, when we go and rebuke Satan and evil in this world, we have to first have a, a, a good relationship with Jesus. Because if we don't have a good relationship with him, I'm sorry for you. Uh, you're not going to be able to cast out Satan. Uh, only God can do that. So today, uh, we're going to continue, and Corey is trying to get in. Uh, we're in the middle of the live feed. I don't see him. Um, hopefully, he can get in at some point. Uh, so we'll see here. But we're going to continue with our scripture here. And we, we have Jesus leaving the synagogue. So he just did an exorcism on this man that was demon-possessed in the synagogue. So as I talked about on Sunday morning, we need to, to understand that even today, that evil, in fact, can enter our churches. That we're not just in a safe place because it happens to be a church. But in fact, Satan will enter our churches, and it's our responsibility, our job, to, uh, our job to cast out evil. Corey says he's here. I don't. Do I'm still on the screen? I refreshed, but I don't see Corey still. Uh, Corey, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. We might have to switch platforms here if we can't figure this out, which is okay. We'll we'll do that. Uh, so he, he leaves the synagogue after doing this exorcism, and it says he went with James and John, and they went home with Simon and Andrew. And Simon's mother-in-law was bed, sick with fever, and they told Jesus at once. And so they went to Jesus and said, my mother-in-law is ill. And what, what, what do you think they were asking? They, they were trying to figure out, well, what could Jesus do about it? Uh, could, he, could he help them? Uh, could he not? Um, and as we continue the scripture here, it says, he, there we go. Corey might be on now. Let's see. Can you, can you hear me? I can hear you. Wow. Let's see. I can't see you, uh, but I can hear you. So that's, that's good. That's all right. You don't need to see me if you can't see me, but it looks like Facebook can see me right now. So maybe you just can't. Okay. Well, that's uh, <laughs> uh Yeah. We're just diving into script, the scripture. I kind of wonder, uh, I have, a virus protection on my computer and it keeps sending me notifications. So I'm wondering if it's blocking the picture. So as long as they can see you out on Facebook land, we're, we're good. Well, they don't have to see me, but side note, man, our internet, I mean, rural America internet is not like Dundalk speed, speed 6,000 internet. You got it. I know it's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so I, I know the feeling from when I was at, 
in Chieflin, and uh, we had a very generous uh, member uh, try to get us Wi-Fi um, and paid out of pocket for it. So I was really grateful for him uh, for doing that, so we could live stream. So yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty pretty grateful to be able to have high speed internet here in in Dundalk. Dun- Dun- well, well, we hopefully just to, you know to, to you know take a side note. We're hoping over here. Uh, we're uh, Lynn and I, my wife and I, are beta testing that uh, that Starlink satellite internet that uh, you know you know good old Elon Musk from Tesla is you know put out there. So um, we're hoping that for her uh, and work from home. And uh, and even even maybe we can help the church get a better feed for our uh, our Sunday morning sermons uh, uh, live feeding because that's it works. I mean it's it's weird, but anyway. So I apologize to y'all. I know Ricky was starting to talk, so I don't want to keep interrupting uh, and get us back on the track here. So um, uh, were you just starting to? I, I think I caught the tail end. You were starting to you 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 did a recap of kind of what you talked about last week and kind of what you did Sunday, and. Yeah. You're getting into the scripture here, so um. exactly. So yeah, now we're. Uh, I just kind of re- reread through 29 and 30, um, and was going to start 31 and kind of talking through that. Uh, so you know, it says here at 31, he went to her, took her by the hand, raised her up, and the fever left her, and she served them. So uh, what I hear from this scripture is the, another miracle of Jesus, that in fact he healed a sick woman that had fever uh, that was in bed. Um, and it was almost instant that, that Jesus, the, the again, the, the relationship between Jesus and God, the father was so intimate that the divinity of Jesus healed this woman. Um, and we have to take note. We have to take note of the miracles of Jesus. There's so many people today uh especially from more of the progressive movement and not that I'm trying to hit that hard, but it is, I believe demonic uh, that in fact, they deny the miracles of Jesus and throughout the entire text of the new Testament, we see cases like this where Jesus does a miracle, the unexpected and to discount those miracles is to discount who Jesus was. Um, You have anything to add here in the first three verses, Corey? No, I think I think you 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 keen on it there. Um, but have you have did personally seen this? Have you seen where uh, the miracles of Jesus have been discounted uh, in your own ministry and the ministries that you have worked with? Um, yeah, you know, you know. Luckily, I think I've been at churches that understand it or view it or see it a little bit better than others do. I mean, you get in certain ones. But what I wanted, to, what I wanted to count into there, I think, when we talk about the the uh, the aspect of uh, the uh, um, the healings or the or the or all what took place, um, did he do it in? public places or where do you do it most is the question you know when you when you think about the healings are you thinking about hit what what he's done is it is it done quietly in his home or i mean because there's I mean, you see that james john and, and there was others there you know I mean, so, I, absolutely there i think there was a little bit of both right i mean he definitely performed miracles in in the public forum um healing of sick people uh one of my favorite stories is right he's walking through the crowd and a woman reaches out and touches his his clothes, 
and she's healed instantly. It says the power of Jesus went to her. And uh, I believe he says in there, your faith has healed you. Right. Uh, so that, that definitely is more of a public display of his uh, divinity. Uh, but then you're absolutely right. I mean, he did a lot of things in private. And in fact, he encouraged us to do things in private. Like he said, pray in, pray in private. Don't be like the hypocrites. Uh, so, yeah, there's a little bit of both here. Uh, I think you have to understand that's kind of the man of Jesus. Right. Uh, he was. Uh, he was a humble leader. And as leaders like we are in the church, uh, we have to first lead from humility. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a concern I see in the modern uh, day church uh, as we become more, in some places, more of a show than we are a church. Um, as Eugene Peterson says, you know, pastors and clergy are now uh, religious entrepreneurs that we're doing whatever we have to do. Um, to be different as a church. Uh, so I don't know. And of course, I serve in a more traditional setting uh, than you, Corey, but I, I love both. Uh, I love the ancient church and I love the new modern music and atmosphere. Um, but the point is that Jesus was humble. So as churches, we need to, I don't care if your church has a billion dollar budget a year or has a, you know, no budget in the year. Our point is that we're humble uh, in everything that we do. That's right. The point. Uh, what's your thoughts? How, how can the church be humble? How can pastors be humble in the way that we lead the way Jesus did? Well, I, I think I think just you know he 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 wasn't afraid. You know, I think I think as as a, as a servant he wasn't afraid to to lead. You know. Um, uh, I think, I think Jesus, you know, himself, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, for each one, every person has a, a way they think and view and should and shouldn't be. Um, but to me, I think Jesus really, I mean, he humbles himself when he does what he's doing. I mean, I don't think he's doing it out of, out of selfish vein or ambition. You know, I think what happens is pastors and leaders, in my opinion, and, or, or laity, they tend to do things out of selfish ambition and vein. And, and so what can you do when, when somebody's selfishly, you know, out of vain, you know, doing something, you know, it's, 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 un I mean, you know, but to me, you know, I think it's a matter of, you know, what's he doing? You know, what was, G you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do kind of thing, you know? Um, and in this past, you know, in this time, you know, Jesus heals many, you know, you know, we saw that like, the, the, the demonic, you know, I mean, you know, heals leprosy, he heals. You and know, talk a little bit more today about the demonic. Did you, did you, were you guys able to talk about the demonic at all on Sunday morning? I know you guys are still in a sermon series. No, no, we didn't really talk too much on the demonic stuff this, this week. And we, we more or less, I talked about, you know, again, you know, for our Sundays, we're, we're in a series called Winning the Day, trying to, uh, you know, habit, having better habits and stressing less. And I think what's what, what, uh, for us, we talked more on the lines of, making goals, you know, making small goals to achieve the bigger things and, and making a small goal being a great goal, making a small goal being something that you can over, you know, I mean, win the day, you know, how do you win the day? It's kind of like two weeks ago, we talked about eating a frog, you know, and the concept that Mark, Mark Twain brought up, you know, to, to, to get the day done, to do good and to, 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 you know, win the day, 
eat that. You know, might, you might like frogs, but the concept that, you know, he's saying you might not like the frog. So eat that frog, eat that thing you don't like right away to win it, to not let Satan win, to not let Satan get the best of you. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't say we, we, we get on the demonic side or that we've talked too much, you know, the, the, this spiritual sense of it, but it's, you know, I've had conversation with small talk with people of other countries, you know, like, you know, those that live in Haiti, Haiti is very witchcraft. Haiti is very, um, there's, there, there's darkness in Haiti. And so I've had a couple weeks, I've had conversations about the darkness in this world. Yeah. But not, not in a Sunday morning, you know, sermon text, because again, you know, I'm finishing up, you know, I, this series, I've got three more weeks of this series of, you know, you know, habits and then, uh, launching, then we'll launch into the, the, uh, um, Latin series, uh, where, you know, you and I will be contextualizing, looking at the passages and, and walking through it at that point. But, uh, but no, but it seems like we're all facing it. No matter what, if I don't talk about it, I think we're facing it. Yeah. I think, I think the scary part here in America is that we're not aware of the demonic. We're not aware of, of Satan, uh, because we, we do, we have it well here in America, uh, regardless of what you think about the political season. Uh, you know, most of the, the world, uh, still survives on a dollar a day. Uh, and so they turned all kind of demonic things in order to get ahead in life uh, because they do whatever they have to do to survive. Uh, and so what I think, honestly, is that this story of Jesus entering into uh, Mark uh, chapter 29, the, the scripture that we talked about last week, uh, where this demon-possessed man enters the synagogue undetected. Uh, and then confronts Jesus. I think that is more of the evil spiritual warfare that we have in America than, uh, like you said, down in Haiti, where well, voodoo and witchcraft is actively practiced in public. Now, now something that came dawns on me. You're talking there. You, you just we talked last week. Just to, you know, kind of, kind of as you're as you're you're talking there. You said that the the, the spirit entered. You know, and and do you think that? It doesn't say it in there. I haven't read, and maybe it did, and we didn't. We didn't deep into it. But when we always talk about today, that 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 our Lord knows, like like God knows our todays and tomorrows. God knows that you and I are going to carry on a conversation. God knows what's going on. How do how do you how do you look at this saying? Okay, in the scripture tense, like here, you know, did did, did God ultimately knew that 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 Jesus was going to heal many people, um, and Jesus was going to go, uh, you know, to Simon's mother-in-law, you know, and and, and and uh, know that she's in bed with a fever, and immediately told Jesus about her. You know, like, yeah. You know, like, what's the point? Is it kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, explain how you. Yeah, so obviously, like, I mean, our our faith traditions may vary on this. Um, uh, you know, as Wesleyans, I know because I was one. Um. Uh, are very free will based, you know, God gives us ultimate free will. And I, I remember actually hearing a, pre, not a Presbyterian, an American Baptist preacher who many of you guys may know, Tony Campalo. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at a Presbyterian camp going to a youth training event. And he was a speaker that week. And uh, he kind of said something. I, I don't want to say it was heretical, but he basically said, God loves us so much that he gave up all control of the earth. Uh, and basically let us have our way with it. Uh, that's how much God loves because in a relationship, the one that loves the most uh, has the less less control. Um, and so I, I, I don't really believe that. 
I don't agree with Tony Campala. At one point, I would have. Uh, that almost takes free will to an extreme point because God is sovereign. God is powerful. God can do what he wants to do. As I preached two weeks ago, we can either choose God or be vomited up. God will have his way with us one way or the other. So uh, I answer your question in saying that uh, it's a mystery of faith, this whole free will or our control, uh, predestination, whatever you want to call it. Right. It's a mystery of the Lord. Uh, yes, God knows. Uh, the real question, I think, is Jesus was, is God. and But it does say that he took the form of a slave servant. So I wonder how much foreknowledge that God the Son had when he was on earth. I mean, that, that to me is the mystery. Did he know everything that the Father knew? And I'm sure some theologian out there may be able to answer it better than I can. But I'm a, what they call, like you are, a practical theologian. We're theologians right. around in a church. We're the re, we're, uh, one professor told me at one point that the pastor is the resident theologian. So uh, I don't try to dig too deep into those areas because I care about the practical part of, of ministry. Uh, I've accepted I don't want to be, be a seminary professor. But, uh, you know, Jesus, in this case, here's what's happening and goes. So to, to, to comment back, the passage you just spoke on about uh, Jesus, if, if I'm right, you're, you're speaking from Philippians 2, verse 7, right? Is that correct? Is that where the, he... The verses that we're talking about today is Mark 1. No, no, no. What you just referenced. What you, what you referenced that when Jesus... He, re he, he made himself nothing but taking the very nature of a servant being oh. made in human likeness. Is that the, you're, you're, you're quoting Philipp, uh, Philippians 2, verse 7, I think. is. I'd have to look I, it up. I know it's in I there wanna, somewhere. Well, I, sure, I want to make sure. I, well, that's, that's, um, that's, that's what, I mean, uh, Philippians 2, 7 is that, is, it's, it's, is what you're, what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's in, in, and it said, instead the empty, or instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking the likeness human. And when he had come as a man, and and yeah. this, you know, and this this commentary says it this way: What does it mean? Rather than coming to earth to demand others serve him, Jesus emptied himself. This does not mean Jesus stopped being God. So, so in your context, yeah. there, he didn't stop being God, but rather than he came in the first as a king, Jesus chose not to exhibit. His ultimate power. So, so he came down saying, "I don't want to give you. I don't want to show the powers, right? Right. I mean, he, and, he and, became and, a baby became flesh, and, and and that's where we look at. He came to serve rather to. He came to serve rather than to be served, which we know that's Matthew twenty twenty eight and Mark ten forty five. And he chose the form of a servant rather than the form of God. And and we can reverse back to you know verse six of the you know Philippians there. And then he said on. Uh, and when he said one way Jesus comes as a servant with was to take me on the lim uh, limitations of a human body, though eternal, Jesus entered earth as an infant. Like you said, he was born as mother Mary, who remained a virgin until his birth. We see in Matthew one twenty five. He chose uh, he was born in a humble situation. So you keep talking about humble, you know, humble is a very key word. But I think I think we as leaders. And I want to I want to coin on that one. We as leaders have to humble ourselves. And I think too many times 
sometimes we as leaders we elevate ourselves here when we're when when in reality if we if we read this passage here we as leaders have got to humble ourselves we as pastors and 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 and, and humble down to not saying we got to stoop down to the low level of it but we've got to humble ourselves to walk with i mean micah 6 8 love justice love mercy and walk humbly it, you know I and mean, i think it doesn't just apply to pastors i i think it applies to anybody in leadership in the church especially uh so if you are for example i don't know uh trustee chair if you're uh the chairman chairman or chairwoman of a Christian education, if uh, youth, children, whatever your ministry is that you're kind of the overseer of, we all have to lead from humility. Uh, and sometimes we can get to the point where we think our ministry, our uh, area of focus is the most important thing. And we fail to look at the whole picture. Uh, Jesus... I mean, Jesus is God and humbled himself. So we have to be like Jesus. Simple. You say it's simple, but let's be honest. Let's 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 be honest. That could be another day for another dollar, another conversation, because we know that there's 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 so much more to that. I mean, but again, but again, I, I look back at that passage and it, it's just crazy to think about. I don't mean to be on a rabbit trail, but you know, we talk about humble wise. I can't it just baffles me that that he he came he came as and, and he was born a birth like a woman births their babies today. He 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 walked. He you know it just it just it's yes. amazing. But anyway, uh, to to jump back to the the the, the scripture we're on today uh, again. When you get two pastors together, we we uh, we rabbit for a minute here. But you know we also want you guys to know we're utilizing this way to sharpen each other. You know Ricky and I, or, or if you know him as Pastor Rich, Richard or Pastor Blue, um, you know. Uh, yeah, they, we're we're doing a oh. they my first call they started calling me Pastor Blue and it has stuck. Uh but the the church before Lantana, it was still Pastor Ricky. Right. I had one guy, uh one of my youth, and he always called me Rev. <laughs> so uh Yeah, I'm gonna start calling you Rev Blue. Hey Rev Blue. So yeah, if you if you uh if you go on any of my stuff, like Instagram and any of that, it's all red, blue now. Uh, nice, nice. So let's see. Uh, we, uh, we're we on verse 32 here, and we get to talk about demons again. Uh, you want to read it for us? Yeah, I'll, uh, I, I've will i got it today. And then uh, New Living Translation, I don't know what you have right now up there. I preached out of the NLT on Sunday, by the way. I took a – Oh, a, wow. A Whoa. Anyway, uh so verse 32, it says, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. All right. So... Um... That's that's pretty interesting, right? Because the verses before it, they're in the synagogue, and what does Jesus do? Uh, the demons start speaking, and Jesus allows it, but then he eventually tells them, "Be quiet." Uh, I could imagine Jesus raising his voice, "Be quiet," and in this case, uh, he doesn't even give them the opportunity. Uh, but it says he threw out 
many demons and cured all kinds of sick people. So I wonder how what it means by many. You know, was it two? Was it a hundred? Somewhere in between? Was it more than that? Uh, because in some parts of scripture, like I talked about the pigs that Jesus casted the demons into uh, last week, and then they went over the hill, right? My favorite scripture when it talks about demons. Uh, and it talked about a legion, which we knew exactly how much a legion is based on uh, the original context. But we don't know how, how much as many. But it's just another affirmation that demons exist and Jesus will cast them out. It's also affirmation for me that Jesus can heal disease, that there is validity in Jesus's healing and his power to heal disease. Uh, and many of us today, you know, we think when I see like the healing of diseases at church, I think of like those crazy people on TV that get pushed down to the floor and do all kind of, you know, crazy things. But that's talking, what I'm talking about, you know, talking about, about slain in the spirit. That's another slain in the spirit. I mean, I, Amanda and I have both been slain in the spirit. Well, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, you know some, some, some could argue, you know, but it, here's, here's the thing I want to po point out when, when Mark, he talks about casting out the demons, Mark chose uh, his choice of words, you know, right there indicates that not all sickness is caused by demon possessed. So if you really, if I really, if I walk into that passage and it says, it says yes. that evening after sunset, people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. So he didn't, so not all the sick were demon, you know, I mean, it's a choice of words that he used. And a lot of times, you know, you read into that, you know, you, you read the sick and demon. So you, you think there must be sick and demon possessed, right? We well, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it, it's very clear how he separates the two there. Right, because because the power of Jesus reversed the, the effects of the sin in all its forms. See the see the many cases of demon possessed in Galilee, maybe have been the result of pagan religion that had a, long been practiced in those areas. Yes, you know, so so Jesus didn't allow the, those demons to speak. He didn't want them to identify him. The one had done, you know, the one that had done in the synagogue. Excuse me, you know. Uh, and it's a theme because I think it, we, we will see this if you look through this this passage, you look through, you look through Mark, you look, you look ahead of it. Um, you're 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 hearing it. You're seeing it. But there's 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 a there's 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 identification that's taking place there. You know, like the, the large crowd gathered was only the first such crowd. Jesus ministered quickly, attracted many followers of many different reasons. Like so like this demon. I mean, there's there's so much more. In, 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 in this realm, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, like like you said, I mean, you could be demon-possessed or be sick, and, and those things don't have to come together. Uh, it, it is good. You know, the modern uh, exorcists today, uh, they do uh, psychiatric evaluations. Many of them are uh, have MSWs, are degrees in psychology, uh, to try to... The, to figure out, you know, what category do they are they really in? Uh, what I find interesting, though, is that in Scripture, uh, not just mental illness but physical illness could be contributed to a demon possession. Uh, so I, I just kind of wonder, in what cases is that still true today? Uh, that we're, in fact we're treating 
uh, people for illnesses that are really a spiritual issue. So are you are you uh, um, able to see uh, comments yet that are coming across on Facebook? Let's see here. Well, so how the deal is, anyone, any comments made on my, uh, yeah, we got a few. Any made well, on, on my church pages? Um, I can see. Anyone made on my personal Facebook page? I actually have to log in to my, on Facebook and look. But it looks like we got a few here. Well, my, my buddy Mike Henry. My buddy Mike Henry. I'll, I'll call him out. He's a he's a he's a he's a uh, he does an uh, he he's he's like a missional community called G three. You know he, he knows it all. He's down in uh, he, he's down in uh, Indiana, Fort Wayne area. But anyway, he posts on you know as we were talking, um, and he said you know shows me to know of, of Jesus does not save you. Uh, you must know Jesus personally. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know, so again, you know, it's it's great. I just say comments because it's nice that I can. I, what I did is I pulled up my my phone next to me off the internet because our internet's so, so slow. It is. It's yeah. getting my LTE so I can see comments because I'm. I, I want we want more people to interact with us like this. So Mike, thank you for uh, you you're chiming in and connecting with us this morning. And in, in, uh, um, anywho, so, I quoted. Uh, I, in fact, I quoted Billy Sunday in my sermon. Uh, do you know who Billy Sunday is? Yeah, yeah, man. Who, why wouldn't you know who Billy Sunday is? All right. So, you know, he's a major league baseball player and then he became, Heck yeah. he became an evangelist. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so and he's the one that that was famous for quoting that saying, you know, uh, just you being in a garage doesn't make you a car. Just like being in church doesn't make you a Christian. Right. Now, I, I didn't quote him exactly there uh, today like I did Sunday, but the, the image is still there. That, right. uh, that relationship that Mike is talking about is absolutely important. Right. Uh, right. That we can go to church every Sunday and we can sit in the same church pew or chair for 50 years. But if we don't have a relationship with the good Lord, it doesn't What's matter it? when we go to heaven. What's it matter? Right, right. And, 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 and let's be honest with you. Let's even roll it back. You and I as pastors, as, 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 as leaders. We could pastor a church till we're, 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 you know, and, and yet doesn't make us cause, cause let's, let's be honest. There's a lot of fake it till they make it kind of people out there or they, 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 you know, they follow along from mom and dad's foot, whoever's footsteps they were in and really did they, or were they called, were they in it? You know, some people, let's be honest, they're, they're just, or let's be honest, they allowed the world because we've seen a lot of our theologians, they've gone from far left to far right or far right to far left or right in the middle, you name it, as they've, you know, gotten older or you name it in, in, in that sense. So it's, it's very unique that we've got to be careful, you know, and we've got to, you know, we've got to really, again, what you and I are doing, sharpen each other, you know, talking about the Bible, talking about God, talking about these situations, because if not, you know, we could be on our pulpits preaching and not making any sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely true that, you know, even pastors uh, can get tied up in, in not having a relationship with Jesus. Uh, and when we do, we suffer and our churches suffer. Well, um, and it, it becomes so easy because, you know, you have to study God's word for your sermon on Sunday morning. But you haven't got into it personally in months or years or, you know, whatever it is. Well, think about think about it. You and I, I mean, you've gone through more schooling than I have, Bible-wise. But, uh, I mean, we both went to Bible school. You know, right. the Bible, 
for us in our exegetical courses that we took in, in Gospels and Acts and Acts and in the Pentateuch and in whatever, you know, our homiletics courses, all those, what do we have in front of us? Our Bible. So it became that textbook. So it was so easy for a little bit for me to say, man, I don't need to take time in it, even though, you know, we need to be sharpening ourselves. And then you, you, A, the other side note of also pastor-wise is the word burnout. It's, you know, we can burn out so easy. And so we've got to what you and I are doing here, allowing, humbling ourselves, knowing that, okay, we come from two different, you know, faith-based communities, but we're, we come from these places, um, uh, you know, that are, that are, are different, but doesn't mean we're different. You know, we still, our Bible is the same Bible. You know, you know, we're, we, we, we may, we may have different, like you said, uh, understandings, but you know, Martin, yeah. Martin Luther wanted to take James and put it behind revelations. He didn't care for that. But <laughs> for the most part, our Bibles are the same. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's go back to the text here. Uh, and it says here, we are on verse 35. We have a few more verses. And uh, I'll read th this one. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. And Simon and those with him tracked him down. And when they found him, they told him, everyone's looking for you. And he replied, let's head in the other direction to the nearby villages so I can preach there too. That's why I've come. And he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and throwing out demons. Man, Mark is just on a roll. I, I would love to count how many times he talks about demons in this chapter. Uh, but the most important part I want to focus at first is Jesus early in the morning. So I'm, I'm thinking about my own life with two kids in the house perhaps getting up before they get up, if that's possible. Uh, it says, well before sunrise, and, and going to a deserted place and praying to God. And how essential that is for our ministries and our churches that, in fact, all of us are having that intimate time with God. So I always tell, I always tell my congregation, right? Mm -hmm. when, when it comes to prayer... There's corporal prayer and there's private prayer. You know, that private prayer is if you find you need to find and, and, and I, I, I took it from somebody else. It wasn't just mine, but but, you know, through the years, you need to find that place where you privately can go. So if, if it's your closet in your bedroom, if it's your bedroom, if it's your if it's maybe your living room chair, that that location that, you you know, it becomes your private, you know, moment where you're private, why privately praying it, it, is, is not saying, you know, you know, you, you can't, because I think in this, in Mark one thirty five we see that, you know, again, he goes alone. He, he prayed privately, you know, and, and that in, in, in contrast with the hypocritical public prayers of scribes, which is, which is in Mark 12. I mean, you know, like I said, Mark has got a lot of uh, good stuff in it. You know, the Greek word translated solitary place here is the same word translated wilderness in, in Mark 1, 4 and, 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 and in Mark 13. Jesus sought out the fellowship of the Heavenly Father in a place that was like the place of, you know, his his baptism and temptation. The crowds tempted him to be a miracle worker, Messiah. I mean, they tempted him to do all that stuff, right? 
So the I mean, the, but, but but Satan Satan already did that too. You know, and we got to be careful. You know, when when we're alone, how many times did Satan go to Jesus when he was alone? You know, I think of uh, of Jesus in the desert being tempted by Satan. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that's the conversation: is God, uh, I'm a messed up human being, and I need you. I need you to intervene in my life. And, and sometimes we have to be alone to do that, right? We don't want to say in a corporate setting at church on Sunday morning, uh, all of our sins, let's broadcast them out to the entire congregation. God, help me with this. No, we're not going to do that. But we need to go before the Lord at least. Say, God, this is where I'm struggling. Right. Going alone in prayer. Right. Uh, going alone in prayer. And, and I think when we when we go go alone in prayer, we've got that time to, to sit and, and, and we can have that conversation, you know, because, yeah, I mean, you say if you and I as pastors got our, in our, on our pulpit on a Sunday morning or our lectern or our or our, or our stage, whatever we stand on, you know, we, you know, um, it's the chancel, the chancel, the, 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 the trans transept, you know, you name it, wherever you want to be, you know, the narthex, the vestibule, the who cares and preach the word of God. But when you're praying there. Yeah, it's very hard for us to go to, and, and that that's where it's even hard for leaders. You know, when you look at, you know, you ask us to go pray and, and, and find that solitude prayer, and, and people are like, oh, come to me, I'll talk to you. I got to be honest, as a leader, I got to go to somebody that's not going to think I'm, you know, nuts if I say, hey, pray for X, Y, or Z to happen for me, because they might think I'm nuts, or better yet, you got to go, you got to find us as leaders, even, even some other people, even, even our church members can't go to everybody and ask them to pray for their left toe. Cause it's broken. You know, I mean, pray for my ear cause it's, it's bleeding, you know, pray for, you know, there's certain prayers that we bring towards the church that are open. I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but we get to prayer time at church sometimes. And I, I sometimes think it's, it can be too long, but I, but, but, but we need prayer too. So I'm not saying, you know, don't do that. concept, But, but, we want to add in, I want to add in my entire life story into my prayer to where versus saying, hey, hey, Pastor Blue, could you pray for my family? We're dealing with some sickness. That's all you got to say, you know? It's so sad. I mean, right now with COVID, it seems like every Sunday we have uh, people who are who are falling ill. Um, and, and I really hope that that ends very, very soon. Um, I, You know, I talked on Sunday. I had one pastor friend call me. He said they're not even going to talk about COVID on at church because every place else is talking about the hopelessness of COVID nineteen, and the church needs the place need, needs to be a place to provide hope every single right. day. And, yeah. and 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 like and like Mike just said, prayer time uh, at church is normally about physical healing. You know, you know, I I think that's that's key. You know. You know, physical healing. I mean, I mean, we always hear the word you know, that the church isn't the hospital for the sick, the, the the saints, it's the hospital for the sinners. You know, the, the sick, those that need Jesus. You know, we need to be in the place where, yeah, I believe you. You don't have to be perfect to come to church. I thought that's what the, I thought that's what it was all about, Corey. Well, I, I mean, if you want to be honestly, some 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 church people think it does. You know, some church people think it is. You know, you know that's that's really sad, isn't it? I mean that people the. It should be the first place people and, go when they're hurting, and instead, sometimes it becomes the last place. Well, let me say, I'm not saying, and, and let me re, not say that I retract on your prayer time, but I think that you know when, when I think we, I think 
because I got in this too with another pastor. Um, and I said, you know, if prayer time goes 45 minutes at church, then it goes 45 minutes. I'm not, so I'm not saying prayer time doesn't, you know, you can't do that. That's not my context. Because I always say if, if it, our whole service becomes a prayer service and, and it's sobbing and praying and repentant and cleansing and all that, that then, then that's what's going to happen. But I think sometimes we, we the, 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 the prayers become so watered down is what I'm meaning more than anything. Like, like praying for cancer, you know, praying for cancer to, to, to leave, praying for, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I think we could get on a whole topic and it's all about prayer. To take an ecumenical approach on this. Uh, when Amanda and I were in high school and I know I've, I've spoken a lot about it in my church is, uh, they grew up, she grew up Roman Catholic and we would go to the charismatic renewal of the Catholic church every year. Uh, they held a convention in New Orleans. Um, and it was the weirdest thing for me as a Protestant going to this conference, walking into the adult uh, portion of this conference and see a bunch of clerical collars and nuns speaking in tongues. Um, but then going over to the youth side, which is always fun. So I hope if I ever go back, I go back to the youth side. <laughs> and I remember JP two was the Pope at the time. And uh, that's John Paul II, for those that don't know. Um, and he had blessed a monstrous, which a monstrous is a, basically a cross that contains the Eucharist for communion. And they brought this monstrous in into the youth section. And, and what we're talking about is prayer. And we just had this intense time of prayer. Um, and they broke up into prayer circles. And I remember uh, walking alongside my wife and, and her sister, Emily, um, and, and praying to God. And I remember Amanda being swayed in the spirit at that conference and resting and being laid down onto the floor and just sobbing and crying. And I just remember that powerful moment. And I kind of wonder, you know, this scripture where we talk about uh, God just casting out, Jesus casting out these diseases and demons. I just kind of wonder if maybe that's where God's at work today. Um, it's not really a deep. My wife was obviously not demon possessed, but there was some things that were heavy on her heart that Jesus just freed her of in that moment. And I love that conference. Uh, if there was a Lutheran equivalent, I'd be there. If there was a Wesleyan equivalent, <laughs> I'd be there. Uh, probably there, be there. <laughs> I, I, I know the seminary that I graduated from, uh, United, always advertises uh, some conference like this. Uh, so I need to be at the next one uh, because it is powerful. We need to respond uh, to God in those incredible ways. Well, uh, you talk about those ways. Think, think here to, 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 you know, verse 36, Simon and his com companies went looking for him. Just think about it. They went looking and they searched for him. You know, some, some will translate it, right? That, re that it, makes me think of when I'm in my office trying to write my sermon on Sunday. <laughs> and I got my door shut and there comes someone knocking on my door, you know? Well, it's, it's, right. it's almost like. Or it's like you're you're in the middle of a of a meeting and it's done it to me. I've been in a meeting on a, on a meeting like this, and all of a sudden one of your pressures comes in and and bang bang you're like. And uh, the case of today, just now, um, right before we started, my son likes. I have an office at the house, 
and he was banging on my door so loud because he wanted in, and I had to spank him. <laughs> but I think of, of that, those interruptions uh, because sometimes it's just impossible. It feels impossible to get that alone time that God's – I mean, Jesus right. was interrupted. We're going to be interrupted. But 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 when they searched for him, they were like they were they were like hunting hunting him down, like like we're we're taking a search party, a search, you know, we're we're gonna search, we're gonna find you. And in and, and, and that passage in, in there, and it's like there 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 was this urgency to their action, you know, like I need you. I mean, we have we both have a boys that are five. Our boys when they need us. I mean, my boy's in the same room as I right now. He's he's sitting on the floor playing, but I need you. And in urgency, when we go to find our moment of prayer and moment of time. It's like somebody else needs you. They're trying to find you. Like, I just need time for me. That's what God's saying here to us sometimes. You need that time. And people need to understand that. And if they don't, if you know, we all need a sabbatical or a, a sabbatical in some ways and sometimes in ministry, but a Sabbath. Absolutely. You got to have, if we're not taking our Sabbath, I was told by uh, another pastor friend that basically I'm a hypocrite. You know, now, now Mike, Mike just piped in here, and, and, and I don't mean to use the name, but he's piping in on here. And he said, only if we would search for Christ the same way. Only if we would search for Christ the same way. Like, what, what are we doing, you know, um, if we search for Christ the same way, you know? If we would just do so, that would be a whole different, you know, different ballpark, you know? Um, that would be a whole different, you know, I mean – It'd be it'd be it'd be a, a game set match in my mind when I think about it, you know. Um, Absolutely. And so, uh, like I said, I think that when when he when we search when we search the right way, we, we would we if we would yeah man Mike you got me a sense if we just would search so passionately if if we would be people that would want to know like oh my goodness like I think our churches I mean your church would be like filled to the brim man it'd be overflowing you know like because. In our Sunday, if we just follow the scripture and started cat doing uh, exorcisms on Sunday morning, and <laughs> people, we would have the most uh, uh, attended church in all of Dundalk. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it just, it just, yeah. I mean, but so, and then and then and then you go on here, you know, in, in this passage, just you know, even there, I just look at. I love what Jesus said there in the in, in verse thirty eight. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So they traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the, their synagogues and driving out demons. I, I guess this makes a case for you, Corey, in the Wesleyan tradition of being itinerant. You know, you guys just when, when you I need mean, to, you just go to the next town. That's well, it. Well, well, luck, <laughs> luckily, you know, we're not, we're not. I mean, we're itinerant, but we're not to the point of like the United Methodist denomination, where hey, you're stuck in a church, you know, three to five years, or you know, you're, you're you know, I'm, I'm here until the, the church votes me out in a certain way. But, but again, <laughs> verse, verse thirty-eight here. What I'm getting at is the disciples found Jesus and tried to get him to, to go back to, into town. So what I'm getting at is, let me, let me. They want him to go back into town. He says, No, I ain't going back into that town. <laughs> no, no, I ain't going back there. You know, Man, you know that kind of rings a, a bell for me as a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ain't going back there. Like, like you know what they did? They tried to tempt me. They tried to tell me to do something I want to do. I got to go that way, not that way. What am I doing? You know, like, like what is going on? And then, and then Jesus refused. He resists the temptation, pleases the crowd who seemed only to want healings and exorcism. He wanted to move on to other towns where he could preach the good news of who? 
He wanted, he was, I mean, yeah, he wanted to, uh, we get that exorcism. It makes, that, 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 it makes me think of that passage that, and again, you could, might be able to quote it, where uh, it tells us, you know, if the message isn't welcomed, dust the sand off of your feet and move forward. You know, and, and that's what Jesus did. He was living that in this scripture. You know, if they don't want to hear it, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go to the next town and, and preach openly. Let's see. Wasn't able to enter the town, a town openly. Let's see. He remained uh, or we're in the next verses here. So, so, so you're talking about Matthew 10, 14. If anyone will not welcome you, listen to your words. Leave the town or our town and shake the dust off your feet. Yes. Or, or in the New Living, if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake up its dust from your feet and as you leave. Absolutely. And, and I mean, Jesus, in this case, like he didn't cry over spilled milk, as the old saying goes. He just moved forward and, and he, he, preached a good work, man, and saved people and cast out demons and did all the cool things that, that we should be doing. Like to be a Christian is fun. It is. Yeah, it is. It's fun. We get to, to preach the good news of Jesus, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to take care of the poor and the widows and the disenfranchised. I mean, all of those cool, incredible things that we have the authority to do because God, our Father, loves us and says, you have the authority. Take it. But, Use it. But you got to throw the butt in there. But is it happening around us? Is it happening well, in our context? I, I would I have to say – so. I would say, well, I'd hope so, but I think that we're, we're falling into the situation where, where you know, we still have people in the church that doesn't don't believe that don't believe in the, the miracles of healing or the, you know, I mean, we come from, uh, um, we we come from a a a, a denomination. Mine, at least, you know, speaking tongue isn't isn't a it is a gift, but it's not one of those that in front you're going to hear it in our services. You're not going to hear somebody say so, but some people are down our denomination and, and and maybe in our churches today are like that's. That's that's not true. Well, no. I, and, I never I never will forget Corey when I was at this Christian camp. And uh, if this person happens to see this video, they're not going to like me, but that's okay, you know. Uh, <laughs> and this this pastor, this ordained pastor in the denomination, was working at this camp as the camp pastor for the summer. And they went forward on a chapel service and told those kids. Well, did Jesus really multiply the bread and the fish? Or did he encourage a young boy to give up his bread and fish? And others did the same, and they had enough to share. Well, that in itself discredits the divinity of Jesus, discredits the miracles of Jesus, because Jesus couldn't possibly multiply bread and fish. He couldn't possibly turn water into wine. You know, those are just made up mythical stories uh, to make us uh, feel better about ourselves. Um, right. Drives me completely crazy. And those type of pastors need to have their ordination removed and removed from ministry. And I can't, I'm so angry that they're allowed to continue to serve in the church and deny the miracles of Christ. Well, that's, that's, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I hear you. Well, and, and I look at, I look at churches as, as a way, as also as leaders, I feel like, um, you know, what are we, what are we, you know, doing as, as, as leaders? Like, I, I think as the church too, you know, when we look at where we're at and what, what Jesus is, is asking us to do, sometimes it's, it's simply leading well, 
and leading well sometimes isn't easy. I mean, some of those things that you just got to do and leading is, is I'm not going to babysit. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, like, again, yeah. You know, like you said, like, you know, the Matthew 10 passage, you know, you know, shake the dust off, you know, shake it off, you know, and, and I'm, I'm saying sometimes even I, I wouldn't, I would, I would take it to say sometimes it's shaking the dust off in the shirt you're at, you know, some things, you know, even within non being leaders as a member, you know, shake it off sometimes because, you know, being that we're flesh, our flesh sometimes out dri- dri- drives our spiritual wise of what God's leading us, you know, and I look at these two, I mean, you know, in, in this passage again, in Mark, you know, uh, you know, in these, well, the, the Jesus heals many and Jesus prays in a solitary place. I think, yeah. I think, I think, I think if you had a revival, a true revival service take place and, and, and you had some like, you know, I mean, I just think about, you know, Billy Graham, you know, I think about all those big revivals, you know, the, the tens of thousands that got saved, you know, like, Part of me asks is sometimes is where are they at today? You know, what are they doing today? You know, like exactly the the struggle with the mega church movement. And I'm not trying to discredit the work of the mega churches because some of them do really great ministry. But the problem we have is as they walk the aisle, they get dunked and then they don't get discipled and they leave the church. And if you look at, our, one of our biggest friends down in Texas who has a big church down there, uh, they they leave in drones because they're not being discipled. They're, they're having that emotional response of salvation that they need Jesus. They're making a commitment and then they walk away. So I, I hear you. I love Billy Graham. He did what? some really incredible work. Uh, his family does incredible work. Uh, but I asked the same question. Well, and, and I think, I think that's where, that's where, where, in my opinion, you know, and I, I'm going to say this and I probably get myself into trouble talking to people sometimes. I, I think we as pastors need to come together better. I think we as pastors, no matter denominational, you know, wise, we, we can set aside at a d- dinner table. I mean, I think, of, I mean, sometimes I think about the disciples, you know, the, the, them 12 around the table. They didn't agree about everything. They didn't agree. They didn't, they didn't, but they agreed on one thing. They agree on following Jesus and doing the work that God calls them to do. And you have certain churches and certain pastors and theologians that have certain gifts. Like, for example, if you have a, a really powerful guy or gal that can convict the hearts for people to want Jesus and they do that well, well, maybe then they partner up with some local churches that they could send them forth for further discipleship. You know, uh, there's plenty of lost people out there. We don't need right. to compete. We need to work together. Competition's over in, in Christianity, especially here in the States. Uh, we, we have to work together. Uh, we have to do what Jesus tells us to do in this scripture this uh, this evening, this afternoon. Um, we need to be in, in solitude and prayer. We need to be healing the sick. We need to be casting out demons. Um, and when we fail to do those things, I think we're not following the uh, authority of Christ. We have to. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to be. And and, and it's just like, you know, like I said earlier with, with our church, you know, last this past Sunday we talked about setting goals. Yeah. And when we set goals, we start small. We don't look at, like in my mind, my, my mind is already is already at the end goal. Like I already can see it. You know, and what, like what what your, your, what, and you guys have like a, a mission statement, vision statement of what your what what goals you need to make to get there, right? Is that what you're? 
believe. Yeah, so like our, our, our church, so our church's is, is vision is Faith Wesleyan Church exists to, to help people know him, grow in him, and go serve alongside him. Gotcha. You know, so then no, no, grow, go. But what I'm getting at, so when I got here a little over three years ago, I sat in the specific office I'm in that was my office, and I sat in here. And when I sat in this office specifically in here, I literally, when I sat in here, I was facing my window. It's right over here. And I literally said in my window, I said, I said to everybody, I said, uh, in my video, I mean, in, in, in my, in my timing of all, I said, in my interview, I was meant to say, I said, there's something going to take place out in, outside. You know, there's, there's a, there's a, a, uh, you name it that was going to take place, uh, outside and, uh, uh, sorry, I got a, I got a, I got a lady walking in here and give me a, give me a cup of coffee. Sorry. Well, that you is know. very kind. I, 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 so I hold on. So you come in and give me a cup of coffee. So, so <laughs> let me, let me, let me finish out what I'm saying. So when I, when I, when I, when I was in this office and I was talking, you know, talking to the leaders of the church, I said, God's got something. I, I just know there's something that looks like, you know, it's going to take place out in the parking lot. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, I said, there's something to take place. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, that year we did an Easter egg hunt where we had 400 plus kids and adults that were here. Now it dropped the jaws of the congregation members, but they're like, because they're in the leaders of the church are like, what just took place? You know, those are things that we've got to have vision in casting wise. Those are things that we've got to, you know, when we go in solitude of praying, you know, when we, when we do what God's calling us to do, it's a, it's a whole new, you know, game. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a game changer. And so to me, when I look at that, I look at that saying, where are we at? What are we doing? We're, we're to be doing all those things, but we're also to be casting vision. And part of our, our getting in solitude of praying in, in, in our own is so we can cast that vision. So we can do the work that God's calling us to do. So, um, you know, we're here at about an hour uh, already. And, um, uh, you know, I think, man, it's already snowing again here at, in Baltimore. Um, no here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think we'll, we should start wrapping it up for today. Uh, but, you know, next week um, we will be, I can tell you right now what we're going to be studying. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9, uh, which is Transconfiguration That's Sunday. Uh, for those of you from... Uh, uh, that follow liturgical year. Uh, so I would love for you uh, to look at that scripture together uh, before Sunday. And like Corey was talking about earlier, we'd love to get some comments from you um, and and get questions from you uh, on these scriptures. What, what do you want to hear? Uh, how is God speaking to you? Maybe there's something that you want to share. Uh, I certainly would be open uh, in the future to having maybe a, another guest or something. Um, and, and me and Corey and interviewing them. So, uh, yeah, look at the scripture, uh, from Mark chapter nine this week. You can also go to the revised common lectionary and look up those texts. Um, and I just hope, you know, we continue to grow uh, this. We may adjust the time, uh, to get more people that can watch. Uh, so stay tuned to that. And hopefully, at some point, we will get the technology worked out because it is so frustrating that every week uh, we log in a half an hour early and something isn't working. Uh, so we got to get—we're we're, going to work on that and get that fixed. 
Uh, Corey, would you like to pray us out today? You got some clo- any closing thoughts? Yeah, I, wanna, I just want to close out by saying this. If you're in the Midland area looking for a faith-based Bible-believing church, we would love to see you. We'd love to connect with you here at Faith Wesleyan Church. Uh, we, we, are, we are located at 654 South Meridian Road in Midland, Michigan, right past uh, the good old beautiful Shell Gas Station down the road from that on 20 and 30 there. Uh, and services at 11, or it used to be 11, I was about to say 11 there, it's 1030, uh, uh, 1030 Sunday mornings. And we're kicking off a uh, Bible study on Wednesdays uh, here as well, uh, one at 1130 a.m. in the morning, and then again at 630. Uh, we're working on all the details for that. So we're, we are launching into that uh, season because, again, as our church, we've been you know working into, you know, slowly back into some of these uh, new normals or whatever you want to call it. And one of those is, is uh, you know, reaching out to those that would love to sit down and talk about the Bible, you know, throughout the week because, you know, we want to do that. So, again, you know, if you're in the Midland area, look us up. Also, our, our uh, you know, website's below. And, and if you're, you're, you're able to, we'd love to see you. You can watch us online, too. So if you're still not one that's feeling comfortable getting into the, the, the church yet, and you're, 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 you're testing the waters, let's just say, you know, MidlandFaith.org, you can go to there and uh, you can watch the service there. Uh, at 2.30 because what we show our, our YouTube and our church online platform at 2.30 p.m. and our Sunday morning. And so live on Facebook, though, excuse me, at 10.30. So church services at 10.30 here live, online, and in person. Or if you are one that w- would want to watch later, 2.30 on our Facebook Live and our uh, online church platform. So, uh, again... Those are ways, but when's your services again? Yeah, we are at 8.15 in the morning, which is so early. We're at 8.15 in the morning, and uh, I, that is a blessing for me because I'm having to retrain myself. Uh, and then we are at 11 o'clock as well. Uh, we are on Facebook Live, uh, YouTube, and a couple other places. You can check us out at firstlutherangraymanor.church. Uh, you can also just check out our Facebook page. Uh, and at some point, uh, I'm hoping to take uh, a stab at starting a virtual campus of our church uh, with specific uh, sermons and things like that for our virtual campus. And, uh, an online kind of lay seminary uh, where we could actually go in depth on some of this deep theological issues. Uh, so I look forward to, to doing that. And on Thursdays at 10 o'clock in the morning, I do coffee with the pastor uh, where I dive into the word as well. And uh, and really, in the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at our vision and mission statement, Corey, like you guys have. Uh, and right now, it's faith, family, future. So that's the vision I'm trying to cast for our church here in the greater Baltimore area. And likewise, uh, my goal is to be a Bible-based congregation. Uh, we're based in the Bible, and we're based in, in our context, the confessions of the Lutheran Church. So, uh, yeah, would you would you like to pray for us? Yeah, I, I sure will. But just want to remind you, man, keep pushing the mission and vision. You know, again, one thing I, I can say to you and I can say to anybody, if you know your mission and your vision, you can live into it. And, and, and keeping it short like you are, like no girl go for us, it's so easy. You know, it gives them three words, four words, whatever it is, the bullet point. And then the, the rest is, you know, Faith Western Church exists wide because we want you to know Christ, we want you to grow in Christ, and we want you to go serve Christ. You know, I mean, keep it simple. But somebody told me this every Sunday when you go to serve, do your sermon or do your message or do your conversation, you're welcoming. 
always start or always make sure that that vision is being casted every Sunday. So I don't know if that's something you do, uh, just a thought, you know, but yeah, I will end us in prayer here. And again, we thank you guys who have, have uh, jumped on or who may watch later. Uh, so let us, let us uh, go to the word in prayer. Oh Lord, we, we thank you. We humbly uh, thank you for all that you're doing for us and through us. And Lord, like, uh, Ricky and I are here. We're not doing this for our own glory. We're doing this to, to glorify you, to, to grow in the knowledge, in the strength, in the understanding, and in word. You know, where two or more gather, you're in the presence of what is to take place. And Lord, we've got a platform that we never really realized we've had before. I mean, Lord, we, we've talked about this idea of doing these uh, devotional Bible study um uh, chats, uh, podcasts, vlogging, and, and, and Lord, it just was apparent that, you know, through this season, this last year's season, because uh, me, myself, I, Lord, I don't want to keep talking about the, the, the pandemic and COVID, but I, I want to coin it as a season, you know, because life is full of seasons and you, 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 you know that Lord, uh, but you know, Ricky and I for seasons have been talking about stuff like this and, and we just, at this point, Lord, you've you, you laid it on both our hearts to just continually doing so. So, Lord, right now, I just ask that you just bless Ricky and Amanda and Anna and Ricky Lee and their their ministry there at uh, First Lutheran of Gray Manor in Dundalk. And, Lord, right now, as uh, they're getting the snow and the rain and the ice and all, Lord, I pray that you just keep their uh, community, their church family and friends all safe. And, Lord, as well, healthy, healthy. Keep us healthy. Uh, and, Lord, we just give you, give you thanks for who you are that you never leave us nor forsake us. You guide us and direct us. And Lord, right now, I just give you thanks for today. And may we start this week off on a right note to glorify you and all that we do. We give you thanks and praise. Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Bless you all. I'm going to put a countdown timer on here. And uh, feel free to leave some more comments. And we will...